Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm super excited. I have Zenaida, the procrastination overcomer, and I am so excited to have you, Zenaida. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Great. So I'm going to have the audience get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to tell them all about you. And then we're going to get into procrastination, which is one of my favorite, favorite topics to talk about. So we are going to dive right into it. So Zenaida is the owner of Zen with me life coaching. She's a certified coach practitioner, teen mentor, and community philanthropist and public speaker. She is known as the procrastination overcomer. And Zenaida has made it her mission to end the fast raising chronic procrastination that is becoming the new pandemic. And I can tell you 100% without a doubt, you are correct on that. And resulting in long-term suffering amongst her clients and prospects. Procrastination is a behavior, not a quality And whether it's physical, emotional, or mental, procrastination plays a role in the outcomes of our lives. And that is why Zenaida has taken matters into her own hands and realized she wasn't the only one suffering from this behavior. And now she's standing against it and teaching her clients to do the same thing. You can find Zenaida planting a seed of awareness through her platforms, mentorship, and business with her Manatra. Don't let life run you, run it, right? I love it. She stands as a symbol of transformation and believes those powerful words can lead anyone towards fulfilling their lives, become a better vision of themselves and end chronic procrastination if it's truly desirable. So now without further ado, let's get into today's discussion and Today is International Women's Day, and it's the whole month for that matter. So yay, we're talking about how to rediscover yourself in terms of overcoming procrastination. So I could not be more excited, and I'm going to hand it off to you, Zenaida. Thank you so much, Tara. You made it sound so more interesting. Like, you made me look good. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I want to applaud you first and foremost for stepping up and being, you know, that pillar of women also with your voice, your podcast, and making sure that we are indeed heard. 
because a lot of us are being, you know, heard, but there's so many more stories to share and so many more stories to cover. And I'm, I just can't wait to hear them all. So congratulations to you on International Women's Day and on Women History Month. We are killing this game. We are rocking it and we are here to stay. Yes, we are. Amen, sister. Thank so you. much Thank to talk about, too. And I'm so excited that you titled this episode, How to Rediscover Yourself, because it really couldn't be more perfect that we're talking about Women's Day, because I know when it comes to procrastination, when it comes to a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors, we fall into them because we don't necessarily know ourselves anymore. And it's easy to do because of societal norms. It's easy to do because us as women, we wear so many hats and we want to do all the things and do them well. So I am really excited to dive into it. So I'm going to let you take it off now. (laughs) Yes. Rediscovering self. I love this topic. I can speak about chronic procrastination and woman guilt and rediscovering self all day long. It is a topic that really touches my heart. Um, I experienced it firsthand and we know we all go through it, you know, not in the same particular way, but we go through it and we experience the same circumstances, but not in the same way. So my story is unique uh, because growing up, I was very independent. I was very fierce. I was ambitious. I was, you know, that it girl that motivated and consoled, you know, my my peers, my, you know, my best friends and everything. I was that cheerleader for everybody. And I believed it for myself also. I was that, you know, that go-getter, the outspoken one, um, the one that just take the forefront for everything. How life goes and life extensive experience just, you know, you know, you go through certain things, different situations and life just does that. It life happens. So what happened with me is that I didn't identify with myself anymore. I didn't recognize who I was after I had four kids, right? After being a mom full-time, 24-7, 365 days, and a wife also at that. So I put everybody first with those altruistic characteristics, those sabotage aspects, and indeed realized that I was a chronic procrastinator unintentionally and that is very important Mm -hmm. unintentionally we do these acts and we perform these this certain way but we're not intentionally we don't purposely do these things but life happens and life keeps going and it goes really really fast and by the time I open my eyes there it goes. I was having this long-term suffering caused by chronic procrastination which is my sole enemy when someone tells me I am procrastinating, man, I put my I put my fists up. I am ready to I'm ready to jump all in there, and I'm like, yo, that's a curse word right there. <laughs> we is not gonna mess with that thing, no. Because once you believe, your mind receives, and if yeah. you say it often and you keep repeating it to yourself, you're going to ultimately believe that you are doing these things and you're not going to say it, but with actions, you will perform it. So rediscovering self happened just like this. 
I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what a life coach was. Again, I was involved in my whole mommy figure. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to speak adult anymore. Okay. This is how deep I was into things. (laughs) Yeah. I will relate so much with my kids because that's where I was all the time. But I found out because I'm a God-fearing woman. Mm-hmm. I believe wholeheartedly that God placed me literally in a still mode because I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't, you know, receive signs or take care of myself. So he literally put me in a still mode. I passed out three times back to back. My husband was not home. Oh, My wow. kids had to help me. And that is the toughest thing that a mom, a woman, or any parent, men, or a woman can go through is for your kids to actually, you're dependent on your kids, your kids having to help you when you're going through something like that. It's so scary. I passed out three times, recovered from it, did not go to the hospital. Oh, wow. Right? Was this like all in the same day or was all this- in the same day? All oh my gosh. Day, did not go to the hospital. I thought I felt good after taking a shower and recovering. I felt good. And then throughout, throughout time and months, I started feeling worse and worse and worse. And it kept just building up on me, building up on me. And I went back again in the hospital. I stayed ill for about a week and a half, you know, and I was literally put in a still mode in a couch. God told me, you want to stay in a couch and not do nothing like how you've been doing for so long, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in the couch, not doing nothing and see what happens. So what happened was interesting. What happened is that I created a more spiritual connection with God. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of journaling. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of internal detoxing, which I didn't know at the time I was doing. And I'll explain a little bit about that. I identified the problem. And in my situation, the problem was that one, I was an altruistic person. I put everybody first before my own needs. And we all do that, right? We don't do it chronically and we don't do it as a habit. But for me, it was a daily chore. I will put everybody first. I will say yes, yes, all the time. So I identify the problem of chronic procrastination and, you know, um, ignoring who I was, losing my identity. After that, I acknowledge the problem because we have to acknowledge it. We can't blame third person for the problem if the problem is caused by ourselves. So I acknowledge that I was the victim. I acknowledge that I was suffering from it. And I acknowledge that I did this to myself. I wanted to help people. I wanted to be the best mom. I wanted to be there for my husband, right? You know, and the guilt is real. Mom guilt, wife guilt, all of that is real. So after acknowledging that, I forgave myself. I wrote myself a letter and I just put it all out there. And I cried and I cried. And man, I did a cleansing soul detox with myself. I was in a one-on-one with myself. Like if I'm going through counseling, it was, it was intense in my living room. It was, I was breaking papers, breaking it, throwing in the trash because I didn't like what it say. But I realized every time I start over is the same thing. 
the mm -hmm. same thing. So I, I, I let it at that. I started journaling. I started writing to myself and I had a sense of self-awareness. After I created that sense of self-awareness, I shift my mindset and the rest is her story. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, so really it, God put you in that place. He said, if you're not going to stop. 100%. I'm going to make you stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he really knocked me down. He's like, you are going against my will. Like I'm telling you to stop. You is not taking it. So boom. And it came all in, all in. And, and, and the funniest thing is that I never once ever doubted that it was him. Yeah. Or I never once questioned why, because I was still standing. Mm -hmm. I was still alive. There was absolutely nothing wrong with me. And I, and I thank God. And I pray that it's still the, the issue now and that in the long run, nothing comes up. Right. Yeah. Um, but it just happened to be that this is how my story was to be played off. Like my testimony was that I literally had to be placed in a still mode so I can listen to myself. Yeah. And I can totally relate. God did the same thing for me. And it was funny before I um, narrowed down my niche, my business coach was like, are you sure you want it to be burnout to bless? Because people are going to associate you with religion. And I said, well, mm -hmm. I have, I have God to thank for where I'm at today. So therefore I'm not going to show up as one person. And then they, you know, my clients work with me and they say, well, wait a minute, this is a totally different Tara, or I didn't know this about you. I wish I would have known it before. So I have to thank God for, yes. you know, going through this and getting out on the other side successfully. And now you and I, we teach others to do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you though, because I know that there's so many women like you mentioned, you know, they're a mother, they're in their career, they're busy being a wife, they're busy cooking, they're busy cleaning, they're busy taking kids to this and that, whatever it may be. Us women, we are so busy and we wear so many hats. And sometimes it's hard to come to the realization like you did, is that, wait a minute, I'm doing this to myself. How did you discover that? And what do you think allowed you to discover that? Because I know that it's hard to accept. It's hard to get, you know, to uncover. So tell me about how you were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a process and it's not a fun one, but it's a process that needs to get done. It's a mm -hmm. process that's needed for clarity, for transformation, for growth definitely. And to be the bigger person, I started not recognizing who I was. I woke up in the morning and I was extremely irritable. The first thing I did was scream or, or in a high note yell. I come from a Hispanic background. So being coming from a Puerto Rican background, we are loud by nature. Right. And to me, that felt normal. Yeah. But why did it feel normal? because I grew up with that normalcy, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up with those habits that was, again, unintentional. Yeah. But it goes by generation and generation. We're not waking up in the morning and say, today I'm going to, you know, piss my neighbor off. 
today I'm, I'm just going to stay. We don't do that. We don't wake up in the morning being mean. We right. wake up in the morning not being happy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because something in the inside is not pleasant with what's going on in the outside. So I, I woke up irritable, irritable, irritable. Oh my goodness. I would yell or find a reason to, to, to know, to justify what is going on with me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that, especially for my kids. And I was like, wow, did I really had to take it that far? Really? I really feel bad now, but then it passed because it already happened. So I realized that it wasn't a third person's fault for my wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. I had to be the bigger person to acknowledge that I'm doing myself a wrong. And by me doing myself a wrong, I'm transferring that also to other people. And what they see is what they get, right? So again, this is what happens when I go back into saying what we believe is what we receive. Because every day, every morning, every night, all, long, all day long, this has been the normal for me. And I practice it so much that it became part of me. Right. Yeah. It became who you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, I didn't like who I was. I really didn't. Like right now I I smile even when we have our mask on. I go to the store and I smile out of nowhere to anyone, right? At strangers Mm -hmm. and anything or anyone. Or like if I read something and it, it resonates with me, I smile. And I feel good about it because it feeds my soul. I don't care about who's looking at me grinding under my mask. Or if I don't have a mask, who's looking at me laughing or talking to myself because I'm satisfying me. Mm-hmm. Right. So my growth at the time was a growth of reflection. And then I found out that I was being transformed in the process. Oh. Didn't transform myself or I didn't sit down and say, hey, I need to be a better person. No, it just happened to be that was part of my process. Absolutely. So did you ultimately during that process, was it the journaling that you did? Were there certain, were there certain journaling prompts that you followed or did you just let your heart all out on those pages and just let it take you to wherever your heart pointed you? Yeah. So after, you know, connecting spiritually, uh, one-on-one, because while the kids would go to school and my husband would go to work, it was just be me at the house. And that, that helped me a lot too, because I was able to release a lot of things, you know, us women and us parents, um, we tend to be the stronger person. Yeah. And we don't cry in front of our kids. Better yet, if we cry in front of our spouses, we don't want to look like we're vulnerable or that we're weak, right? So we hold a lot of things back and it just starts to, you know, fill and fill and fill. And by the time you know it, we just want to blow up. That's how we create it, being irritated. That's how we create hating ourselves or hating other people for no reason. That's how we create um, blaming other people for our mistakes for our wrongdoing and for our suffering, because we don't want to accept that this is who we have become. Because the person who we have become now is nowhere near the person we was back then. 
But again, this is not because we change. This is because life extensive experience. And I love this word because it allows us to put a label on something that's meaningful and not a stigma. Mm -hmm. Right. So after I did the journaling, journaling has been the best thing that happened to me. Five minute journaling, not even not even sitting down and writing it, but mentally doing it also. If I'm sitting down or figuring out what's for uh, lunch or dinner, I'm speaking to myself you know, internally and journaling, asking my questions, silly questions like, what do you want to eat today? And I would automatically, or anyone will automatically think for other people before. Like I would think what I want to eat today, but I'm still thinking about my kids, mm-hmm. what they want to eat. Yeah. So when I started identifying those little problems, mm-hmm. it made a huge impact in the way I see life and the way I take life right now, because I can tell you no in a heartbeat, right? If it does not benefit to my fulfillment, is it does not benefit me living an ultimate unlimited life, I am going to tell you no in a heartbeat. When my kids and my husband heard me saying no for the very first time, mm-hmm. they had to like ask me like two times. Are you no. sure? Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. No, girl, it was the hardest thing. I went upstairs and I felt like I'm doing something wrong. Like I felt like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm hurting, you know, I'm doing something wrong. The next day I practice it again and boom. Now you can't stop me from saying no, if it's not meant for my good. Right. And now they see that. And now they respect me more as a person, as a mentor, and as a guide, because I'm not obligated. And we as people, as human beings, we're not obligated to satisfy other people. We're obligated to have compassion mm-hmm. and to be united. Now, how we do that, it depends on ourselves. But we're not obligated to tell people yes all the time. We're not obligated to cook dinner every day for our kids, a full course meal. We're not obligated to take them to soccer practice all five days a week. Dad can do that, right? Right. Dad can do that. And if that is not around and you're single, I commend all my single women's. All my single women's, y'all is game. I love y'all so much because, girl, I get it. I get it. I have a spouse and I felt alone myself. I did it all. I've done it all, right? We have to set boundaries for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have to literally put respect first. We respect ourselves, treat ourselves with grace and gratitude and kindness. And I I guarantee you, that's the same thing that other people are going to see. And that's the same thing that other people will go ahead and do and the same thing the minute they see you. You know what I say when a woman walks in the room mm-hmm. and people can see if she's confident, people can see that she's a powerhouse. Yeah. They see that because you feel that you can't fake it. Yeah. It's from the inside out. It's from the inside. Exactly. So I identifying the problem, acknowledge it, journaling, forgiving yourself and become intentional for yourself 
you can show up every day. And when we show up every day, we grow every day and we become better versions of ourselves every day. But it has to be intentional. You can't say today I'm going to end procrastination. If you don't mean it, that's why I said in my bio, if it's truly desirable, yeah. because if we can get overwhelmed too quick and we can fall back really fast and go back into our comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. It's so often, you know, the difference between coaching and consulting, consulting, of course, you know, it's definitely within what we do uh, as coaches. There's definitely an element of that, but it's kind of like, someone telling you this is what you should do. And you say, oh yeah, that makes sense. I should do that. But when you actually don't want it or you don't actually get it, you just hear the words and it doesn't sink in. And it's not something that you truly, you know, have come to your own conclusion that it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. And you're not going to have that transformation that we're talking about today. Now, I do have a few questions for you when it comes to the journaling and then moving into setting your boundaries, learning how to say no. Now, when you were doing the journaling and you were noticing that the things that you were writing down were not necessarily what you wanted, but maybe it was what you know, you think you should quote unquote do for your kids, for your husband or just in general, like what a woman should do, the more that you journal, the better that you were able to decipher and unfilter. This is what I'm, what I'm saying for my husband. This is what I'm saying for my kids. I need to find my voice. What does Anita want? What do I want? Is that your journey? Yeah, you're, you're nailing it right on point. It's exactly right. The more we're being consistent with any habit that we have, and it necessarily don't have to be journaling, Mm -hmm. you can go ahead and go to the gym and create fellowship. Now you're having that one-on-one interaction with someone else, right? So you're able to speak and say your mind, and then ultimately you're being heard. And you like that feeling of being heard, and now you create a rapport or a bond, and so it gives you, it gives you that, that free will of growing. For me, it was journaling because I kept my circle very small. I was a very private person. And because of what we are in our family, mm-hmm. my husband is military. And just to clarify that, I really can't speak to everybody just like that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I can't say, oh, my husband is gone and I'm all broken. And it's like, you know, four days and he hasn't been back. They're like, okay, he's gone. Get over it. He's, he, he's done, took another life over, you know, like people don't relate when it comes to military spouses. So I kept my circle small and only a few knew the struggle. So journaling was my way of detoxing was my way of releasing. And the more I did it, guess what happened? The more I gained my voice, like how you said, the more I realized that I can be heard. And I started speaking. I'm going to say that is that what led you to set those boundaries to give you confidence. Exactly. Absolutely right. It's not speaking now kid language. I'm now speaking my language, right? 
So I started communicating more with my husband. I started setting boundaries for myself. I started setting boundaries for him and the kids that include myself. I started setting those boundaries that I was able to say, hey, this is what's going on today. I need the space on Friday. I don't know what you guys have going on, but I feel like on Friday, I'm a make it intentional for me. I'm going to go ahead and take a walk or I'm going to go ahead and, and sit down and do some, you know, work or whatever the case is and not feel bad about it. But it's a matter of not asking for help, but it's a matter of how are you going to move on on your own? If you have a family or you have a support system that's meant to be a support system, but because you have closing yourself off and you have gained this, this level of you're not, you're not happy with yourself, what makes you think that they are also, right? Mm-hmm. So I started doing that journaling and communicating and whatever I said in my journal, I started saying it out loud and I started asking my, my husband questions. How do you see me now? Like how am I growing from being here now than what I was three months ago or something like that. And another thing is that I changed my diet. Okay. And when I changed my diet, I realized that I feel good. You know, I feel lighter. I feel more energetic. I have time to do for myself. I apologize for my dog. I have time for myself. I have looking like, where's the dog? (laughs) I have time for my kids because I would, my life was so in a jumble and so quick and fast forwarding. I would be like a little ant everywhere, like a little ant bouncing around everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But the end of the day, my fuel is down. I have no more gas to give, right? And I'm overwhelmed, but I have to this, do, keep doing this every single morning all through the day. I stopped drinking um, sodas, no caffeine, no coffee, straight water and natural juices. I started doing that first and I was addicted to coffee. I would drink coffee all day long, at least four or three cups of coffee, of coffee all day long. Mm-hmm. And one day I chose to stop drinking coffee. I threw the coffee away. I gave the, uh, the excess coffee that I was, that wasn't using in my, in my uh, pantry to my neighbor. I took the coffee maker and I put it away. I taped the coffee maker with tape. Like I will because, not touch it. <laughs> because if I need to use it again, I don't want to take that tape off. It's too much work. Right. It's a reminder of yeah. like this. You yeah. don't want to go so there. Again, so again, it's about truly wanting what you want for yourself and being intentional. Yeah. Right. A lot of people will call that crazy. But again, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for other people. So I stopped that. And, and in little than a week, I didn't care for coffee. I didn't crave coffee at all. Like I don't even, I have a lot of friends and, and my mom and everybody drink coffee and I don't even blink to go to it. And soda. Oh my goodness. Like I I cannot believe how proud of myself I was to take that one, to make that one decision and actually fulfilling it. I was like, if I can do this, 
I can do whatever I actually truly put my mind into. And so says, so done. It's been, it's been like that ever since. That's awesome. Just my one decision of proving myself that I can quit something. Yeah. And that just gives you that proof that you are really able to, You're willing. you know, to put your mind to whatever it is that you, you decide. Now I do have a question for you as far as feeling the, the before of, you know, the, the negativity, the inner critic that was probably very prevalent in your life before you sat down and you, God essentially stilled you in order for you to go through that transformation. Can you tell us about the before with your family and the after? Because I know that, you know, everybody really wins when you do make that transition. And I know that that's one of the biggest reasons that people have as far as an excuse, like, oh, well, I can't because I don't, you know, because of my family, because of the people I care about, but tell us about that before and that after with your family. Yeah. So that's interesting because anything that we do, we don't recognize it at that moment. Mm -hmm. We recognize it when someone else sees it right? And then they point it out to you. So part of our coaching, and for a lot of coaches is similar, we have these pillars, and we have these aspects that we work with. And that can be professional, physical, spiritual, um, humanitarian, uh, professionalism, I probably repeat that already, Um, health, anything. But what we don't realize is that if your problem is physical, and you target that physical problem, it goes around in circle. You feel better. Yeah. You feel better. So now you're going around the wheel, physical, and then relationship, because now you look better, you feel better. So now you want to relate better. So it affects your relationship. And after your relationship, you want to connect spiritually, you see, and it goes in circle. So that's what happened. I started identifying myself with, with one aspect. And for me, it was spiritual because that was the, the fastest connection and the number one that came when, when, I was, um, when I was ill. And I started connecting and connecting and connecting and I didn't become holy, righteous, right? Or learn the Bible to the T, but I understood it enough to relate with me in spirit and with God. To the point to where I, I would get goosebumps. And that was my, you know, connection. Then after that, my husband started seeing that. In the mornings, he would go ahead and put on uh, Google a song that I would like to hear, a spiritual song. And I turned around and I see myself singing the song. But I didn't realize that he put the song for me, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that after he told me if I like those songs being played. My kids do that now, right? And now it created a habit to where it's sustaining my spirituality. Yeah. The morning, I feel good when I start my morning like that with devotion that way. So that's how it changed one, one. That's how I saw it change one because now what I see is what other people are seeing and they're following my lead. Same thing with my kids. Now, when I tell them no, I don't tell them no. I tell them no, and I give them a reason. Not because 
I owe it to him or to them, but because I want them to understand the importance of communication and the importance behind that no. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, we all have a voice. We all want to be heard, right? So now they're doing the same thing. When I ask them how was school, they don't say it was all right. I ask them how was school, then I ask more questions. If they say it was good, I wanna hear more. I know school is good, I've been in school, but I wanna know more. What have you done in math? What are you guys teaching in math? And so, so on and so forth, because that gives me enough answers to know what's going on in their lives when I'm not there. So it's funny because it, it's good. I like it. It's kind of, it has, my family has good coordination now. Okay. That makes, right? Yeah. So it's not a chaos, but it's not a chaos because we're everywhere. It's not a chaos because now I've set boundaries. I set limitations. I became intentional with myself and I'm, and I'm transferring that back, back to them and to my family. And that's not my intention but they receive it because it's positive energy, Mm -hmm. right? And I love it because I just can't wait to see how they implement these things. Like when they go to high school or, you know, when they, you know, take off to college or anything like that, how they implement these things in the real world. And that's, that's what we want in life. We want to become better people. We want to make sure people are loved. We want to give compassion where compassion is needed. And when we're good and we make good, good is served. Absolutely. Very well said. I think that, you know, when we become better versions of ourselves, ultimately we're spreading that to the people that we love and care about. And especially with the boundaries piece, I love that you touched on that because ultimately you're really giving people the instructions for what is, what is good, what, what works, what doesn't. And therefore there doesn't have to be the chaos that there typically is if there is no instructions on what is acceptable and what is not. And I do love the fact that you touched on your spirituality, because I know our stories are very similar. And I know that when I was going through my transformation, plugging into quote unquote, the power source really, I think allowed me personally. And I, it sounds like you too, to keep moving forward and to give you those, the courage to look in the mirror, even if you didn't like what you saw and and work on changing that and doing the hard things. And, you know, of course, life is hard sometimes and having to the ability to plug into that power source that we can continue to do hard things, um, in order to know that we're going to, we're going to get to the other side and it's going to be amazing. And it, and it yeah, has been yeah. for you and for me, which that is awesome. I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. God does not give us too much or mm-hmm. too many that we can't take withhold or handle. He's going to give you just enough that we think is too much. Absolutely. He's given you just enough to prove to yourself because he already knows the answer. He already knows the outcome. He's just given you enough to show up for yourself and prove to yourself that, you know, this triumph is worth it. And it's part of your life extensive experience. 
Absolutely. It's definitely one step at a time <laughs> in order for you to, to, to do the hard things, because yeah. like you said, he doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. Now we talked about rediscovering yourself. Is that the key to overcoming procrastination? Is that how you typically take your clients through your transformation process? Yeah. So unfortunately with chronic procrastination is not something that can be, you know, we can't get rid of it overnight. I can't give you a pill. You can't swallow it and expect that it's cured, right? Mm -hmm. It ain't going to happen. You need to go ahead and clear that out of your mind right now that tomorrow you're going (laughs) to stop procrastination because tomorrow it ain't going to happen. But what's going to happen is that you have to choose when to start. You can't choose the perfect time because there's no perfect time. You have to choose when to start. You have to truly want that change. And uh, this is what uh, Timothy Pitchell had mentioned before and Joseph Ferrari um, in Still Procrastinating. They have done a research and they found out that 20% of people, and this is not excluding race, This is not excluding different countries. 20% of people admit to being chronic procrastinators. The other percent do it, but they don't think it's chronic. They don't think it's something wrong with it. They're perfectionists because they want everything to wait for the perfect time or the fear is bigger than their action, if that's what if that makes sense. I'm too comfortable here not being uh, fearful of failing because I know if I'm still, if I still put, I'm not going to fail. But if I throw myself out there, I'm going to fail. I'm going to prove myself wrong and I'm not going to move on. And then they, they just choose to be in that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. My method is a seven way uh, pathways that I do with my clients. Now, the difference between me and quote unquote, the life coaches is that I don't go after quantity. I go after quality. And that often has been very forgetful to life coaches. And we have amazing life coaches out there, but now they go with a plan. They follow a plan. And a lot of us forget that you and I are two different people. You and I don't learn the same way. And you and I do not receive the same information the same way, Mm -hmm. right? So my coaching is very tailored, is very interactive, and is very straightforward. The first thing that I tell my clients, do you truly want to eliminate procrastination? And we're not gonna eliminate it, to 100%, we're going to learn how to manage it for our good. Mm -hmm. So we're going to use it for our benefit because back in the days and ages and centuries ago, procrastination was a good thing. It was meant for the good, but now we abuse it. And Mm -hmm. it's become, like I said before, previously, the new pandemic. And my seven uh, pathways consists of a very tailored one. I know how it worked for me because I created it. I was the PRO in procrastination at that. But, you know, Susie can come and she has a professional career. She has no kids, right? 
She has no husband, but she has a very successful um, professional career. So I'm not going to start her in my course in an area that she doesn't need it. I'm going to meet her where she's at. I'm going to evaluate her and, and, and figure out in that particular area that she's troubled with, what can we do using my seven-way pathways? Because it starts with the rediscovering self. That's just the beginning stage. The end stage is living a fulfilled, unlimited life. So I can do group coaching, I can do one-on-one, or I can do month-to-month. And I have a popular um, program that I have, a product that I have that I'm going to offer it to you and your audience, where people, just people in general, anywhere, will just go ahead and book me for an encouragement call. Because life coaching is a commitment. If you're not ready for it, don't invest your money in it. And I tell my clients this every day, all the time. If you're going to show up for yourself, I want you to show up for yourself, not for me, not for daddy, not for mama, and not for your kids. Show up for yourself because at the end of the day, I can take your money twice a week. I can take your money every month. I can take your money all the time, but you're still going to go through that same process when you come back. If I don't see that tangibly you've done something in that phase from the last meeting, then we're going to go ahead and do the same meeting again. Because my responsibility is to hold you accountable, not do the work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to essentially have that transformation is they need to do the work on their own because it definitely, it's very much, you know, holding them accountable and making sure that, you know, your efforts are fruitful and they're not just going through the motions of showing up on a call and not actually doing the work. Cause we don't, we don't do this just, just to take people's money at the end of the day. Yeah. I've had a um, situation where um, I, I had to let go um, some clients because they asked me all the time. I feel like I'm not moving. Um, what do I need to do? And I'm like, well, I've, I told you what you need to do. I've advised you what it's to be done. Uh, we are going through the stage right now. It's like, well, I thought procrastination is something that we can, I'm still living with it. Yeah. You're going to live with it. Now, right. how are you going to manage it? It's the key, right? Yeah, you have to do the work, you know? And, and, <laughs> and they wasn't ready, you know, emotionally, mentally, they was not ready. They were ready financially, mm-hmm. but they wasn't ready for me. And my time is valuable. My value is tremendous. And other people can receive better opportunities from it. So I, I had to let them go. And I'm like, I'm going to still be here. Whenever you decide to come back, hey, Z is here to stay. You can come back. And they, they love the transparency of, of things. They love the honesty of things. And they love that I'm straightforward. And I don't sugarcoat anything with professionalism and, you know, and, and a protocol and a, and a guide just because I'm certified, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they love that. And now I choose to to know who I can give value to. I choose who I can um, help because I see in them that they truly want change. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about this encouragement call. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about what that entails. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So my encouragement call is a uh, product that I was experimenting with my data client, my beta clients, and they love it from the get-go. They love that they were able to sit on a one-on-one with me via phone or via um, virtual and get, you know, a boost of motivation and get a tailored encouragement that is not made from a, you know, content or a course and they're not even my clients. Mm-hmm. So this is the fun part of it. You don't have to be a client of mine or you don't have to personally know me to book me for an encouragement call. You can go ahead. I have a special schedule for, for the encouragement call. You can go ahead and book it. And the time that I have with you is 30 minutes. I will dedicate it solely for you to hear you out. And if you need feedback, I'll give you that feedback. It's a one-on-one motivation booster based tailored to be just for you. Right. And it's not something. So I'm giving you that individual attention and a lot of people need that nowadays. They want to be heard. I've had people book me for motivational calls just to rent about their kids. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, I just want to rant. I just, I know it's a motivational call, but I thought it was this easy to get with you. And I'm like, yeah, because it's for anybody. Now my clients have two free um, calls with a month with their, with their coaching program. And they love it also, you know, but people call me randomly and, and, and tell me that, and we cry and we laugh and we connect Mm -hmm. and little did I know that it was going to become a phenomenon to where people is on demand like I believe the encouragement call is the best product that I have to connect with something someone that quick one-on-one absolutely and people people need people love it after the call some of them are like okay, how can I get with you? And I'm like, oh, okay, well now you're going to go ahead and book my, you know, free consultation. Another one, another free one, you know? So it, it's, it's fun. Um, it's very um, interactive and I'm just here to support, not just women, but to support humanity as a whole. I don't, I don't judge, I don't criticize and I don't point fingers right? I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to give you advice that a counselor will give you, but I will tell you what you will have to hear and what you need to hear. Sometimes you don't want to hear it, but it's good. I receive emails to where it's like, after our call, I still feel empty and I feel bad, right? And then they'll text me or email me through Facebook to a few days after and they're like wow after sitting down and actually meditating on our conversation I realized I was still in denial yeah but you told me what I needed to hear not what I needed to hear at that moment for me but I needed to hear it anyways 
and they're like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I emailed you. And I'm like, it's okay, I'm used to it. I know this process. This yeah, you process know that it works. Is, this process is a very sentimental one. I know it because I live it full hand. This is not a process that I got certified to know word by word, mm-hmm. right? This is something that I know that people need and I'm serving it to them. God is guiding me and here we go. I start my meetings with a prayer, all my coaching with a prayer, whether you're spiritual or not. Mm-hmm. This is my coaching program. I started like that. You receive it good. If you don't receive it, I have resources that I can guide you to phenomenal culture coaches around that they can provide you, you know, good value such as myself. Mm-hmm. No one has told me no. No one has told me no. They just say, yeah, it's all right. I'll take it. I already know that they're being triggered spiritually, right? But by throughout our coaching, trust me, I don't do much praying. They start the praying. Yeah. And that's transformation. Absolutely. God has a hand in it and you're doing his work. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am proud to, to offer this uh, free encouragement call to your audience. It's going to be for 30 days, but it's 30 minutes. It's going to be free. It's going to be beneficial. And I guarantee you it's going to make an impact on all the ones who book it. I'm telling you. And I like to, to offer it because I can't offer you nothing else. If this is what they want, this is what they get. Yeah. Well, I'm very appreciative and I know that our audience will be as well. And yeah, everyone go book it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Who doesn't want a motivational boost? Who doesn't want? Listen, um, we could cry together. That's what you want. You know, the only (laughs) thing I can't do you is literally hold you by your hand, but I'm there for you. Right. We're there to show support and to, you know, give that, that, that support, um, system that some people are lacking that some people don't have but an encouragement call we all need it sometimes I need it myself and I call you know, on right? my mentor <laughs> I call on my mentor and I tell him you know hey um I'm not doing so good today what what you got for me what you got for me and he's like well you know um we go to the bible verse one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like okay did I really need to call him because it's a whole lecture but I love it because that's exactly what I need to hear. I was going to say, sometimes you just need to hear from the right person and they have the right message for you at the right time. Find something that will guide you to become a better you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to become, you know, a successful person, but in your, in your inside, you want to feel fulfilled. You want to feel love. You want to feel happiness. You want to feel determined, eager, you know, and all these all these things, we already have them. All these strengths, we have them. And we tend to confuse them with weaknesses. Yeah, we do. A lot. I mean, societal norms have definitely play a role into our belief systems. And gosh, we could do a whole nother episode. Um, I know. Yeah, we could do a whole nother episode about childhood and oh my gosh, and how it creates our habits. And oh my gosh, so much. I know have you have a joint podcast now. I, you and I yeah. can drive so much. Yeah. 
and that and and that's it you know we have all these niches and coaches are phenomenal because they they tailor and they target one main thing the problem is that all root of all problems whether it's professional or you know personal uh development chronic procrastination plays a big role in it yeah, a big definitely a big hit. And then when you break down chronic procrastination, you have the mom guilt, you have the fear of failure, you have the false confidence, you have the insecurities, right? You have the self doubt, and man, we can go on and on. Yeah, it can be. It's a, it's a <laughs> lot, and you know what though? There's nothing more transformational than you know, giving someone the, like giving someone the tools and then figuring it out, you know, them coming to those realizations, because, you know, once you are able to come to that realization and have those aha moments, like you're forever changed in such a good way. So I'm excited. um, I'm excited. I'm I'm glad we had this, this chitter chatter, you know, especially on International Women's Day. I know. Did you plan this? (laughs) I commend you for your efforts and your work. You are a champion. You are too, Zenaida. And I'm so glad that you were able to come on today and especially at International Women's Day. So thank you so much for coming on. And then everyone, we're going to see you next time. Yeah. Hey, listen, don't let life run you. You got to run it. Choose you and put yourself first. Last words. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode. And I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coachinginfo at burnout, the number two, blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.